Ephesians 2, 11 to 22. And I read. Therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcised by what is called circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Verse 12. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ, you, you who, who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Verse 14. For he himself is our, our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing the law of commandments, expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Verse 21 in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. May the Lord add his blessings to his word. Amen. Today, the Lord is going to bless us with a word by our own pastor. He's my, I call him my, 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 my senior brother, <laughs> even though I may be older than him. And the Lord has prepared him to come and minister to us. He's the personal reverend, Felix Owusu. I didn't get that one. Thank you. Let's celebrate the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Reverend Felix Ousu is our minister responsible for Christian education. Now, if they took Sunday school teachers and all of that to training, he's a staff point person for that. So he is, what that means is that Christian education, discipleship, marriage affairs, he's the one to talk to, not me. So in the absence of all of that, Reverend Hamon, works to him. He is the official staff point person for this ministry. Uh, he's married, the wife is here, Mrs. Lady Pastor Monica Ousu. Uh, <clears throat> blessed with three children. 
So once again, a big thank you to USP uh, for all the opportunity. This is your pulpit. And uh, you loan us your pulpit from time to time uh, to preach in your stead. Praise the name of Jesus. Can we bow down our heads as we share a word of prayer? Our gracious Father, we come this morning to hear your voice. We pray that you will speak to us. We commit the word. Let it not be my words, but let it be what you want us to hear this morning. And I pray, Father, that you inspire in the name of Jesus the words that will come. May it transform our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, so we've been looking at the, throughout the year, we've decided to be rooted in Christ, to be rooted in Christ. And what we're simply seeking to do is to go a little bit further, a little bit deeper, is to be more closer, is to firm up our relationship with Christ, is to resolve that no matter the storms and no matter what may come our way, we will be for Christ, hallelujah. No matter the haircut, no matter the turbulences in our lives, no matter the disappointment and the rejection, it will not stop us from being close with Jesus, getting deeper, and having constant fellowship with him. And we get deeper because we know, like a, the root of a tree, when it goes down, then it will find water, then it will find nutrients, it will find all the, the minerals and the needed things that uh, will require the tree to grow and be able to bear fruit. Hallelujah. And so therefore, uh, this year, when we say we are rooted in Christ, what leadership or God has inspired leadership to want us to do is to be so intentional and get committed uh, in having constant relationship with the Lord so that we can gain direction, gain guidance, uh, be nourished, that we can bear fruit, the needed fruit that we're supposed to bear as Christians. Hallelujah. And so therefore, by virtue of that, we say that what is needed first and foremost is for us to be conscious of having intimate relationship with our Lord. And that has been, I mean, it's the first quarter theme that we try to look at. So throughout the month of, uh, from January to March, we, our focus is to have intimate relationship with the Lord. Hallelujah. And so if you are still moving like the way you did last year, wake up early in the morning and you rush out, you come back exhausted and tired, go to bed. Following day, you wake up without recourse to paying attention to having some time with the Lord and you are still going like that. Know that in no time, you may crash. Hallelujah. You may crash. But I pray that God will grant us grace and strength that we'll be very conscious and intentional in running into the presence of the Lord. We know the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous may run into it and they will be saved. But going into the, the presence of the Lord, when there is no problem, when there is no situation, when there is nothing chasing you, it's more very potent and authentic than just running because you have a problem. In fact, if you should run into the presence of the Lord every day, that, that problem may not even come for you to do an ad hoc thing and be a fire service Christian running to go and quench the fire. Hallelujah. So we need to be very intentional about our work with the Lord. So we will resolve that this year, 2023, we will not be thermometer type of Christians. We will not be wishy-washy Christians. Hallelujah. 
But our emphasis for today is to have is oneness and peace in Christ Jesus from Ephesians chapter 2. And again, throughout the whole year, this year 2023, we are running, if you, if you look at the sermon topics, we're running through the, the book of Ephesians. And, uh, and so when you check the, the, the book very well, from chapter 1 to about chapter 3, uh, more or less is emphasizing or wanting us to know who we are in Christ, our identity in Christ. So chapter 1, he tells us the fact that the Father blessed us with his son. And the son also came and blessed us. So we were forgiven and chosen. The Spirit came and did what? And placed a seal upon us. Authenticated us as believers. That as many who see us, they will know that these people, they are no longer ordinary, but they carry a seal. And so then Apostle Paul, again, in that same chapter 1, encouraged us that by virtue of that, there is a need for us to be intimate to get closer with the Lord. Hallelujah. Then when you come to chapter 2, the previous two sermons that we've heard, it's seeking to establish the fact that, I mean, all of us, and all of us seated here today, we should not forget where we came from. So Pastor Ray preached on what I call the dam. And the, the dam, I simply mean that the, the D is the fact that we were dead in our sins. We were dead. We were lost. We were nobody. I mean, when you were counting people, they would not count us. Hallelujah. We're dead in our sins. Then Christ came and made us alive with him. And then after that, then he translated us, gave us the, the, the power to be able to do good works. So do good works. So after you've been saved, what next? You do good works. And then so from chapter 1 to our chapter 10, it's seeking to establish our what we were and what God has done for us and what God is expecting from us. Hallelujah. Then when you move from there, that is where our emphasis is. As to what going forward as people who are now no longer dead in their sins, as people who are no longer lost, what is, I mean, that has been congregated together, what should be our attitude? And again, Apostle Paul again is reminding us from, from the verse 11 towards the end as to what he did for us and the reason why as believers, we need to be together as one. Hallelujah. And that is why I'm having the opening statement for all of us to read. Can, can you go back? Just go back. So, I said that, so in, in the light of that, we will achieve the, the topic, we will achieve oneness and peace in the church if we make everyone feel valued and accepted irrespective of their status. So can we all go and read it together? Ready to go. We will... Hallelujah. All right, so from verse 1, like I said, it's throwing our, light, our eyes on all the things the Lord has done for us, the, the fact that we were sinners. The second half, which we are emphasizing on today, discusses the status of the Jews and Gentiles in Christ. Okay, the status. Okay, so we and them, I mean, the chosen ones. So whilst God had a messianic, according to the passage, a messianic covenant with the Gentiles, those who are not Jews, he promised the Jews a kingdom. Okay, and we saw that happen through Abraham. So the seed of Abraham, the seed of Abraham, the chosen ones, and they forgot the fact that they were chosen for an assignment. And they thought the fact that God extended fellowship to them and decided that they would be covenant children is a privileged position. 
and they wouldn't want to follow the assignment God has entrusted into their hands. So the Bible said that these Gentiles, that the, the Jews kind of antagonize all the time, what were their states? When you go through the verse number 11 to 12, this is what it says, that the Gentiles, for that matter, us, who are beautifully seated in his presence today, this was our state. This was what we were. We were not close. He says what? We were without Christ. That is why we were drinking and doing all kinds of things, and, and we were saying all kinds of things. We were without Christ. They worshiped idols and knew nothing about Christ. They knew nothing about Christ. They were without citizenship. While God called the Jews and built them up into a nation, the Gentiles, like us, could not enter the kingdom, that nation. We could only enter as uh, those who have tuba. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, the, the Muslim, if you, if you want to become a Muslim, you have to tuba. Is that right? So by the proselytes, you are not the original, but you look like the original. Hallelujah. <laughs> so that is the only way we could enter. Hallelujah. They were without covenant. God did not make any covenant with the Gentiles. The Gentiles were aliens, strangers, and the Jews never, I mean, allowed them to forget what they were. They will always remind them. And, and there are scholars who even believe that sometimes the Pharisees will even pray. When they are going to pray, they will pray and thank God that God did not make them Gentiles. Very righteous people. Hallelujah. That was what they were. They were lost. They were without Christ. Hallelujah. They were without hope, according to the passage. Their empty traditions, philosophies, and powerless religion could not save them, could not give them hope. That was our state. That was what we were. That was who we were. Hallelujah. They were without God, did not know the true God. And, 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 and some even think that in Athens, in some of those uh, uh, places, you could find even God, you could find gods, like the small gods, more than human beings. They were so a lot. They were preoccupied with worshipping uh, idols and all that. So this brought, I mean, some level of hostility between them. And so the Jews wanting to more or less carry out the laws that has been handed over to them and the Gentiles who are laissez-faire free, who don't care about what God, I mean, is telling the, the Jews to do. I mean, they were very angry about that. And so that brought some level of separation between them. Okay, so in a typical, to the extent that in a typical church, like we are sitting today, I mean, if we want to look at our previous position, all of us would have been down there as worshippers. We wouldn't have qualified to come to the auditorium. No. We wouldn't, in our previous state, before God saved us, before we encountered Christ, when we come to church dressed beautifully like we have done, our position where we would be sitting and be standing in order to hear the word of God would have been outside the auditorium. But we have come to church. We're not qualified to come to the auditorium. Sinful men like us, hypocrites like us, double standard people. So the Gentiles were outside the courts. Okay? So it would be a haram. If you see the yellow part, any, they will put some inscription on them, on that, warning people that anyone who dare to cross that line, you do that at your own peril. I mean, so anytime a Gentile may, dis, may decide that I am crossing that line, we can term it as a, a, a suicide mission. Is that right? A suicide mission. So, because you know, definitely they will kill you. That was what we were. That was our state. Hallelujah. 
And, and, and that I will not be surprised that we see this kind of picture in our homes. Some bedrooms, this is how some bedrooms look like. Some bedrooms. This is how some bedroom looks like. Okay? Gentle husband, maybe somewhere. And then Jew wife will be somewhere. Gentle <laughs> a wife will be somewhere. And then a Jew husband will be somewhere. We will not cross. We don't talk to each other. Gentle wife, I mean, it's not qualified to come close to a, gentle, a, a Jew husband. And a Jew husband may be feeling so superior, thinking women, gent, a, a gentle wife is a, a, a subordinate, is, is an inferior element to him. Same. Struggles. Who should have the control? Who should have the power? We are the original. Gentle husband, gentle wives. May the Lord deliver us today. Hallelujah. Just so that we can see ourselves as one. I, I mean, this picture, you can, if you go to certain offices, you see, same picture. Where some who are so superior and think by virtue of their qualification, they have a right. They have this, they have that, they have that. And you don't have that. So they think you are nobody. They talk to you anyhow. They behave towards you anyhow. There are certain meetings they organize in the office. You cannot go because of the fact that you are a gentile in the office space or in the office context. Hallelujah. But I pray that God will grant us grace and grant us strength, that we will be conscious of who we are now, first of all, conscious of who we were, and now conscious of who we are, what God has made us to be, just so that we can accept everyone just as he or she is. And that is why we say that if we should value everybody and make them feel accepted, then we can say that we are doing what? Achieving one end and peace in the church. And this is what our Lord and Savior, Jesus, expected us to do. Hallelujah. So may these words be broken in our homes in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So there was enmity between the Jews and the Gentiles. At the same time, enmity between them and their God. Hallelujah. So their position was a position of of kind of a, a very devastating, dejected one. That the law could make us not to see ourselves as brothers, not to see ourselves as people who have been called to do what God is calling us to do. So that was their state, and that was our state. That was what we were. Hallelujah. We were nobody. We were not supposed to be close. We were not counted among them, and then God took us. So then when you look at from verse 13 to verse number 17, then he's telling us what God has done for us. So when Christ died on the cross, he broke down every barrier that stood between the Jews and the Gentiles. He tore down the physical wall, for, for in Christ all are made one. And the Bible said that Christ made peace between sinners and God, as well as between Jews and Gentiles. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. I think that is why the song that uh, the choir sang may mean so much to us today. So that when I remember what the Lord has done, I can't but to say thank you. Hallelujah. So we who were not supposed to be close, the blood spoke for us. And now we could, be, we could call ourselves children of God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. The blood changed our status. Last two or three weeks, we, were, I, we had a meeting here. And then uh, uh, SP and some people were sitting in the Malachi Chapel. So when I walked into the auditorium, then SP jokingly says, oh, uh, we are looking for uh, somebody to sell. Felix has come in. We can sell you and then pay some debts. Then they asked me, so how much 
am I worth? Uh, how much should they, uh, will I charge them? And I said, I paused and I said, ah, I am very expensive. And, and, and I'm not sure they can pay. Then I said, if I look at the coat I'm wearing, if I look at the dress I'm wearing, and if I look at the blood that purchased me, I am not sure you can pay. As <laughs> he ministered to me, I, it was like a joke. But out of that joke, I suddenly realized what the Lord has done for me. And that is the same thing the Lord has done for you. Because of the blood that our Lord and Savior used to purchase us, we are not ordinary people. Hallelujah. We are not ordinary people. With degree or no degree, we are still very expensive. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. So the Bible said that through the blood, when our Lord and Savior went onto the cross, what did he do? We who were hitherto supposed to be outside the temple, we cannot be seated beautifully like we have done this morning. Ah, can't we give the Lord a mighty clap of praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. The wall of hostility is broken, torn down. Hallelujah. And that is why it's very needed that this morning we can reflect on our own life and then pull down the wall of pride, pull down the wall of cliques. I mean, I, I, some of our auxiliaries are not growing because of this gentle Jew superiority attitude. If we could change our attitude, trust me, the men fellowship will expand. If we change our attitude, the WMU will go far. If we change our attitude, the youth will do well. The choir will do well. If we don't see ourselves as cliques, as people, friends who have come together, like SP will say to be financed by the church, and we change our attitude and see ourselves as people of God, one people, and the expansion we want to see will happen. Our focus this year is on, is on small group. Hallelujah. So that from today, you will not want to drive people away with your attitude, with the things you say. Where is he coming from? Where is he coming from? This is how we do it. This is how we do it. And so whatever suggestion somebody will bring, because he or she is not in that circle, we throw it away, we trivialize it, and we reject them. It is time for us. The Bible said when Christ went onto the cross, all those dividing walls, all those opposition, obstacles, everything that he that prevented us from becoming one were all brought down. So why do I come to church and still raise the wall that our Lord has brought down? Why do we have to do that? Praise the name of Jesus. The wall of status must come down. The wall of complex must come down. You are timid. It's nobody's fault you are timid. Work at it. Don't use that as an excuse and malign somebody who is bold. Tear it down. That complex must go. Hallelujah. It's by grace we are what we are, and it is by grace we will be what God will make us to be. So the world is down. Don't make effort, consciously or unconsciously, to build the world back. For what Christ envisaged is that we will no longer be separated, that we together, we can sit like this. And so, I mean, it becomes a bit hypocritical that we can sit like this, but our heart will be parallel to our sitting. Yeah. If God should project our heart and the way we are sitting, then we can see the one that are diverging, the one that are, 
our meeting. But the goal of our Lord and Savior Jesus for going onto the cross and dying for us is that as believers we can be together and be transparent with one another without hiding anything from one another. Hallelujah. So break down every status, break down every wall, every attitude, any behavior that will not want you to function as a believer, a child of God. Hallelujah. Because you will realize that from the passage that when that happened, we are no longer Jews, we are no longer Gentiles, we are the church, we are Christians. So, when I see my brother, I need to see the finished work of Christ on him. When I see my sister, I need to see the finished work of Christ on her. Hallelujah. So, when I focus on the finished work on Christ, I will not see her poverty. When I focus on the finished work on Christ, I will not see that he or she is started. I will see a finished product, a masterpiece, a workmanship of God. And this is what Christ expects us to do. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. The purpose of ending the hostility is to create one new man, which is the church, one new man with a, a new character and quality that makes us see the blood, not the people. That makes us see the seal that the Holy Spirit placed on us, not the people, not the person. Hallelujah. So that is the purpose for, for, the, for, for going onto the cross and, and saving us. So to put into motion, the purpose is to put into motion the spirit of reconciliation that makes us cherish relationship and love people unconditionally. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So if we are still with a Jewish a gentle mentality, where everything we do will be by condition. You need to fulfill this before you come. Remember, when you were outside, you could have done something before coming inside. You were tagged. We were all tagged. Hallelujah. But our Lord says that when he went onto the cross, all of them did what? They came down. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So that is why I want us all to say this together. Ready? Uh, the next slide. Let's say it together. And we say that we will achieve oneness and peace in the church if we drop all forms of hostile attitudes and love each other unconditionally. Hallelujah. And this is what God is expecting from us. So it will be a, a beautiful thing. Let's, let's say it together. Let's all say it together. Uh -huh. When we what? Hallelujah. So that should bring to mind how I speak from today. That should bring to mind how I answer people from today. That should bring to mind how I carry myself about. That should bring to mind how you will begin to work on taming your egos and becoming what Christ wants you to be. That should bring to mind how you master your emotion and respect the views of others and give others each other the allowance to operate in the church. Hallelujah. We will achieve oneness and peace in the church if we drop all forms of hostile uh, uh, attitudes and love each other unconditionally. Love is to seek the highest good of another. That is love. Love is not chocolate. Love is not valentine. Love is not sex. Hallelujah. The kind of love Christ expects us to exhibit and to extend towards one another is the agape love. That crazy, radical, sacrificial love. That is what he expects us to. 
a very self, I mean, it's not a self-centered love. Selfless love. Hallelujah. And that's what he's done for us. Amen. Praise the Lord. So when you go to Romans chapter 5, 1 to 3, he said, therefore, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace. We have peace. That is where our peace is coming from. That is where our what? Our justification is coming from. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. And so, when you go to Galatians, by virtue of what our Lord has done for us, this is what, this should be our mindset. He said, you are all sons. Now we are all sons. The, the war and everything that hitherto was prevented us from becoming what we suffer, we, they, all, they are all down now. He said, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is, so therefore, there is neither Jews nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. Hallelujah. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Something you wouldn't have enjoyed in the past. Something you wouldn't have enjoyed in the past. This is what our Lord and Savior has done for us. So why do you want to now turn back and be what you are not supposed to be? Hallelujah. So Christ is our peace and the unifying factor of any hostile relationships. What the UN could not do, what the presidents could not do, that is what our Lord has done. Kind of gaining peace and giving us peace without casualties. Hallelujah. When the UN and all those powerful nations, they want to, they claim they are going for, to ensure there is peace. Most of the time, it's for their selfish agenda. And they will go and the world will cease, but count the casualties. But look at what has happened to us and what is the casualty. And the casualty, it was an intentional casualty. Hallelujah. That he decided that he will be a casualty for all of us to live. And that was intentional. Apart from him, who else died? No other person died. That is, that, that is the God. Oh, can we give this God a mighty clap offering? What a God. What the presidents could not do. What the nations could not do. That is what our Lord and Savior has done for us. Hallelujah. All the walls of hostility has been broken down. Let's be careful not to raise them up. And, and that's why we say that Every day when you wake up, when you come to church, seek every day to be what you are, not what you were. Seek to be what you are, what Christ has made you to be, not what you were. You were a gentile. You were not qualified. You were churning out dirty attitudes. But now that you've encountered Christ, I mean, desire and yearn to be what you are. The seal, let the seal be seen. Let the character of Christ be seen. Desire to be what you are, not what you were. Be intentional in ensuring that my past attitude, negative attitude, divisive attitude will not come to interfere with my presence. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So when you go to Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 19, say, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, 
by a new and a living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilt, guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold and 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 severally to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spare one another on towards love and good deeds let us not give up meeting together as one as some are in the habit of doing but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching hallelujah so by virtue of what he has done for us, you cannot come and tell him about the school fees. You cannot come and tell him about the rent. Now, you can now enter the Holy of Holies. The, I mean, you don't need a high priest. You don't need to pass through anybody. You don't need to pass through any prophet. You don't need to pass through anybody to go before the Lord. And that is why we say, be intentional in ensuring that you are intimate. Every day, go before him because access has been given unto you. Access has not been denied. Hallelujah. I pray that God will grant us grace to follow through and do all the things he's asked us to do. Hallelujah. Both, access have, uh, both the Jews, the Gentiles, have access to God and his presence, not only the high priest. In the new creation, every believer has the privilege of coming into the Holy of Holies. He's no longer the Jews, no longer the high priest. Hallelujah. We are all now congregated in what? In the temple, in the presence of the Lord. So enter the Holy of Holies in your home. Enter it in your car. Enter it in your office. Wherever you find yourself, full access, unconditional access has been given unto you. Take advantage of that. And the blessings of the Lord will be upon our life. Hallelujah. So we, we just want to remind ourselves that we were nobody and Christ made us somebody. And that should inform how we behave in church. That should inform the kind of attitude we churn out in church. And by he saving us, we also have a responsibility. And the responsibility is to ensure that we become a sticky, friendly church. Hallelujah. That is impacting everybody to the glory and honor of his name. So always remember who you were before you met Christ. Always remember that Christ did for you what you couldn't do for yourself. Always remember that you have been chosen by virtue of what he did for you, have been chosen. We have been chosen to be an ambassador of unity, oneness, and peace in the church. Hallelujah. And that is why it will be okay to again repeat the first thing we said. The first thing that we said when we started. The first reflection. That we will achieve oneness and peace in the church if we make everyone feel valued. And we don't say you are a Gentile, you are a Jew. If we make everyone feel valued and accepted, irrespective of their status. May the Lord himself grant us grace and strength and give us all the, the, the needed enablement we need to live like him. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. <laughs> Just bow down your heads as we pray. We are grateful to you and we, we thank you for what you've done for us. We are sincerely grateful. If not for you, if not for you, even me, I wouldn't have been holding the microphone. If not for you, we wouldn't have been seated here beautifully like this. And so we sincerely want to thank you that you change our story, you change our status. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.